everyone, and welcome to Writer's Showcase. I'm your host, Christy Stratus, author of Anatomy of a Darkened Heart and Brotherhood of Secrets, and owner of my editing company, which you can find at proofpositivepro.com. This show is part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and this evening we have co-founders of Aurora's and Blossom's Poetry Journal. We have Sandrine Marwa, and we have David Ellis. Welcome. Hello there. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for being here. I, I'm really excited to get to talk to you both about the journal and about your own writing lives. So, you know, both of you can jump in to answer any of these questions, but I definitely want to make sure everyone who's watching knows how they can apply to you, what you're looking for. So let's just start with why did you decide to start Aurora's and Blossoms in the first place? Do you want to go with that, Sandrine? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, basically, I mean, I interviewed uh, Sandrine a while back on my blog um, and uh, we kept in touch, uh, you know, and sh she wanted to uh, help promote me as well uh, with my with my uh, books and things. And, um, you know, we uh, came up with the idea of doing it because we were both writing inspirational poetry and it was a, a common goal for us both. And um, and we thought, well, how can we evolve uh, what we're doing to take it to another level and uh, bring in other, other people as well, you know, like-minded people as well. So that's how we really sort of came up with the concept of the journal. Mm -hmm. That's and nice. and, yeah. and um, we really wanted to create something that was always positive because mm -hmm. David and I have been applying. We applied to be published in in, in journals as every poet in the world, and uh, I kind of found that um, a lot of the journals tend to be elitist in the way they choose the people they feature. Um, I won't get into details about that, but so uh, the the idea was really to open open a journal that would uh, free the voice of many, as many people as, as possible, but uh, mm. positive poetry, that was the key word for us, uplifting, uh, positive, something that teaches a lesson, in a positive lesson, any topic, except for erotica and politics, of course, but any topic, it can be death, suicide, anything, but turned into a lesson that can make actually make people feel good when they read it. Mm. I think that's wonderful. We can't really get enough of that, I think. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I don't see that everywhere. So it's, it's great that you're accepting that. And, and that that's the whole point of the journal. I know that when I first saw that you started this journal, I was so excited because to have a journal dedicated to both poetry and positivity, I hadn't really seen and you know when you submit that kind of thing as you're saying elitist uh you know poetry journals it's not they're not looking for that most of the time you know they're looking for very dramatic or something like that um mm -hmm. so it's i think it's particularly nice to have a place where you can submit something like that have you found it lacking as well in the field like an outlet for it i yeah i, I think a lot of people for me a lot of people are scared of poetry the way poetry is taught in school and at university is not to teach you how art can make you feel better, how art can have an impact on people's lives. Poetry is taught very, um, in a, almost a robotic way for mm -hmm. me. And I studied English at university. I'm a former English major. And for six years, my goodness, we studied everything, like the, the major poets. And it was like like robotic. You study every sentence, every sound, and you try to deduct a meaning from this, try to put yourself in the head of the poet. It's like, 
it's 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 boring and it's dry and it makes people scared actually of poetry um so it's i think having a magazine like this a journal like this that in a in a time like we are living right now and it's so negative there's so much violence so much negativity it's important to remind people of two things that art can make us feel good and poetry which is that art form that is mocked by a lot of people can actually be used to make you realize that there's good in this world that mm. is positivity in this world I like all of those sentiments. I mean, that's uh, exactly why we wanted to, to do this, because like you said, I mean, a lot of the time people will be trying to be edgy with their poetry. They're trying to be dramatic. They're trying to, uh, you know, I like when people put emotion into sort of things um, and, um, you know, that, that can really sort of give you hooks and, and, and make it interesting. But as, as we say, that's what we found. You know, this is what we're finding is that we don't see anyone that specializes particularly in saying that everything we're going to do is uplifting. And um, and we're family friendly as well, you know, so we try to, um, even though we're dealing with kind of sensitive topics, you know, we mentioned about uh, death and suicide and other sorts of things, um, you know, ultimately, uh, we want to allow uh, a wide range of people to be able to sort of submit things, just so long as there is some kind of lesson there. We don't want people to sort of come along and wallow in self-pity, which a lot of poets will do. They'll, they'll take the misery angle and they'll just be like, oh, why is me? And it's just like, but then how can we how can we grow from that? I mean, we don't mind if someone has a story and then they evolve from the story and say, you know, I was upset or depressed, but I, I got over it because I did this, that or the other. Then that to me is kind of an uplifting journey or story that would fit in well with the journal. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you've you've segued into one of my questions that I wanted to talk about. I just want to quickly um, say, though, Sandrine, you you hit on something that I I find in particular um, with you're saying you majored in English um, literature. Did you say? Yeah, or something uh, translation. Actually, uh, a bachelor's degree in translation, but I did linguistics. I did poetry. I did literature. All these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I also majored in English literature, and it's kind of like what you were saying. You study these things into the ground, and it really isn't about emotion or you know expression so much as form and you know what exactly did they mean and all this stuff. It can be yeah. it can be interesting, but it can also be, as you said, intimidating. And it definitely made me feel sometimes like my poetry was like too simple or something it just wasn't right somehow and uh, you know that's that's of course not the impression that is really ideal but to get back to what you were saying David you were saying that um, about the age ranges and you did recently announce that Auroras and Blossoms is going to be accepting poetry from I believe it's 13 to 16 year olds can you talk about that that's I, great. I could talk about that yeah I mean the, the reason that we did that I mean it's funny because so we originally had the idea to be inspirational and be unique in that way and then we and me and Sandra were just like well what, how else can we be unique as well mm -hmm. and we were like um you know how, and uh, you know we couldn't see many people submitting children's poetry because I know you had to worry about if you uh, have them interact with parents and guardians and how you deal with their data and that's or stuff especially all the data regulation sort of changes right now yep. um so yep. that's why we ultimately came along and said well actually what's the threshold that we can actually allow people to submit um uh, that would that would make us okay with the data regulations but still allow younger um mm -hmm. people to to share their poetry and that's when we stumbled across the idea of saying why don't we try 13 to 16 year olds because i think that's just above the threshold <laughs> with the data regulations uh because we don't want additional paperwork and, yeah. problem, and problems submitting as well yeah. um but ultimately so so um you know because we know that uh, a lot of lot of young voices out there want to be heard 
and uh, they're the ones that are probably going to be more inspirational uh, than, than others. You know, you might find that kind of uh, middle-aged or elderly poets could be quite jaded with how um, the, the way they feel about the, the world yeah. at, the, at the moment, or just, just simply because they've, they've been on this planet for this X number of years, and that's how they feel. That's how uh, that their um, you know well, their worldview has been shaped. But people might be more uh, kind of uh, uplifting if they're, if they're young people mm -hmm. that have got their lives ahead of them and want to uh, express uh, you know how they, they they want to see to see the world sort of shape up for them. Uh, for the future yeah, mm. yeah and and, and uh, also people tend to see poetry like an arcane kind of art art mm. and you're at university you're a professor at university so you send your pieces and it's all complex and everything but as david said uh, kids have a lot of wonderful things to say i shouldn't say kids i should say teenagers <laughs> young adults have, have, have wonderful things to say as well and i've been uplifted by younger poets just as much as I've been uplifted by older poets and I think there's a space there's room for everyone and that's what makes poetry such a wonderful art form as well because everyone with a positive voice want to share their voice in a positive way in a uplifting way no matter what their age is can actually do it and that's the beauty of poetry more so than I think other art forms that's a great point. And um, yeah, as a teenager, I remember also feeling like I would definitely be rejected, you know, by most of these places yeah. simply because they don't know my age, but I'm not going to be as sophisticated as them yet. And to have a place that, you know, a journal like yours that already understands the level and is looking for that is so refreshing. I have to say that's so nice. Well, I think because of those that age range as well, people might be thinking that they needed to have more experience to be able to mm -hmm. do that. But we're saying no, we're going to be judging it based on the quality of the the poetry, not if they've been published in previous journals yeah. or elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's a good experiment as well, I think, and I think as I speak for David as well, to mix both and to show that it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, if you have something to say and it's positive, it can be positive and uplifting at any age. And it's a good way for adults also to say, well, if kids and teenagers submitting, I'm going to be more careful about the way I phrase my work. And maybe it's a way for them to work on the way they write poetry, mm. question themselves on why they're writing poetry as well, to appeal mm. to a younger audience too. So when 13 to 16 year olds submit um, and if they get accepted, it's just part of the regular journal. Is that right? Or is it separate? It's, it's part of the regular journal, right? Regular journal, yeah. yeah. We'll, have a, we'll have a special section dedicated to the teenagers, but it will be in the same issue. That's yeah. nice. I, I look forward to that. Yeah. So where did the name of your journal come from? Actually, I was wondering. It's such a nice name. <laughs> I just want to know where you came from. David found it. Yes. So. Did you? <laughs> Uh, kind of. I mean, ultimately, it evolved from a couple of words that I had because I like to play uh, with lots of different sort of word uh, combinations. And I liked uh, the idea of uh, Aurora or uh, the dawn and, and, and sunlight. And I wanted to do something uh, called uh, Aurora Euphoria. But I thought it sounded a little bit too, it sounded poetic, but a little bit too kind of. Uh, kind of pretentious in my mind, uh, so so we were just like uh, okay, we but we like the word auroras, and then Sendrin said, well, she likes cherry blossoms, and uh, we just went, what a lovely combination of having uh, those two things, and then uh, Sendrin did some amazing stuff with with the logo, so uh, the O in aurora was uh, the first one ended up becoming. Uh, a, the sunlight and then then we had a cherry blossom tree growing out of it right. as well but it was all about being pretty and uh, and all, an inspiration as well because we find those things 
you know, we wanted something that we wanted to have a beautiful name that would be um, memorable for people and mm -hmm. that would, um, you know, inspire them because they just think, oh, this is very relaxing. This is very um, kind of uh, articulate and, and pretty and, and nice to, mm -hmm. um, you know, just make it just feels uplifting, I think, to, to think about those two things. You can't think about those two things without thinking, oh, this is very positive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it arcs back to, um, I think, indirectly to my love for I haiku. So when he talked about the name, I'm like, oh, it reminds me, I'm a photographer too. I like blossoms and I love haiku. I know I write haiku. So it's, it's, it fits perfectly. I love, I love the name. So. Yeah, it's great. And the logo is so nice. It's very simplistic and so pretty at the same time. It really says what exactly what you're trying to say about the journal itself. Really nice. But I, uh, I had a friend of mine redesign the logo mm -hmm. because it was like low quality. So he redid the logo. But uh, the idea is both David and I. So, yeah. 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 That's so nice. So if somebody wanted to submit, could you tell us what the submission process is? We have a general idea of what you're looking for. Positive poetry could be in. It sounds like multiple formats. Um, it sounds like it could revolve around anything, but like the, the, the point could be anything, but it has to be positive or inspirational. Mm -hmm. So tell us like how people submit and what exactly you are trying to get at or what you're looking for. So, David, you want to go for it, or do you want me to go for it? I can do it, and then you can always kind of follow up after me uh, if okay. I miss anything out. But, <laughs> but uh, we have a submissions page on our website. Um, so our website is www.abpoetryjournal.com, and we've got various kind of sort of tabs on there uh, in relation to you can become a subscriber if you just want to be a reader and don't want to submit any poetry. Uh, we've got you know, a couple of sub sub subscription options, and if you subscribe for longer, then uh, you actually save money on the actual issues themselves. Uh, but the submission process, uh, as, as we said, uh, we have a submissions um, kind of button. And once you click on that on the website, uh, then we've got detailed instructions on there of how to submit. Uh, we added another little tweak to the uh, the website as well recently where we, we, we're um, experimenting with poetry articles. Uh, so we say maybe poetry essays or articles about famous poets or uh, just poetry in general. As long as it's poetry related and positive, um, that's another thing that you can do. Uh, in relation to the submission process, we allow one uh, free poem uh, now per submission period. Um, so ultimately, um, you could submit uh, one poem now for the current issue too, which I believe the submission period goes to the 15th of December. And then uh, if you did get something in, you could always submit another free poem in the following period. And we're going to be having a, probably three periods, we think, uh, per year. We'll see how things go. If we get more busier, then we'll increase the number of issues that we have and the submission periods that we allow other people but um, with the essay sort of poetry side again we're saying one free essay of a certain length so about, i think up to 500 words mm -hmm. i think it is and then anything above that uh, generates a, re uh, a reading fee and we've said that with the additionally with other poems is that if you want to submit more than one one poem uh, then we have a reading fee because it's it's more time on our side there's more promotional sort of work for us to do and um you know and, and we have to make more judgments as, as, as to how uh, you know if, if the poems fit the um kind of criteria of the magazine um, so we think we've been very generous offering, uh, you know, the, the free uh, the free poem um, uh, entry uh, along with the, the essay as well. Um, and um, ultimately, uh, there's the, we also offer uh, book reviews and um, author interviews. Uh, but again, that's not our core kind of sort of uh, submissions. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we were ultimately just focusing more on the the poetry itself and the um, and and as I say, the essay thing is again another very very new announcement uh, so we're always thinking innovating about how we can try to have some new little thing for people to try out as well 
Uh, so if people like writing poetry, maybe people like uh, writing about poetry rather than actually writing poetry. They might want to write some prose about some some particular famous poet or uh, or, or something. But we're leaving it very, very open in that sort of respect mm -hmm. uh, for people to uh, can come up with their own sort of criteria. And if, and if we like it, uh, you know, if it reads well, then we'll include it in, in the magazine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the key word here is positivity. So. Uh, the only thing we don't accept really is erotic in politics. Um, we want this magazine to be family friendly. So no dirty word. Uh, sometimes David and I talk about some poems we read and there's one word that bothers us. So we discuss how it's going to fit into the magazine if we accept it and so on and so forth. So we take the time. Um, we don't accept everyone. So the message really has to be positive. Just because you tell us in the in the form that the message is positive, that or you're paying that we're going to accept. We're very specific about we what we want. If there's a lesson you want to teach in your poem, something uplifting, you know, is positive, then we're going to look at it and probably accept it. That's what it is. Um, so we really after those poets who have that kind of uplifting voice. Uh, we're, not, we're not looking at something that is flory complex because poetry is such different types of voices. So anything that is simple, because, because we're accepting teenagers now, we mm -hmm. want to make sure that the poetry that is in the magazine can be read by them and understood in their own way as well. So anything flor flory and complex to understand, we're probably going to discuss it because we're wondering if it's going to have, what kind of impact it's going to have. Is it going to leave the reader with more questions than actually answers or is the meaning here or there. Of course, when people interpret something based on their own experience of life and so on and so forth, so that's not something we can foresee. But we believe that poetry, the mess, the simplest the message, the better at the same time. So mm. yeah, so it's very positive, no erotica, no politics, very family friendly, avoid dirty words as well. So something very simple. We're very open but we also know exactly what we want when we select a piece. So, and we often agree. It's rare that we disagree, David, on, yeah, on the very, piece very that we choose. Uh, but we're very open in any in any way. So, if the message is positive and uplifting, it has. It's very likely that it will be accepted mm. in the magazine. Because people can have a, a negative experience and then turn that into a positive experience. If they start exactly. off negativity uh, with negativity and then we, we travel through the poem and then, then we find that there is something that we've all learned from there. And But yeah. we've had a couple, unfortunately, that kind of been the opposite. They've kind of been very negative, very down. And they say, well, this is inspirational. It's like, well, no, it, just because you've said it is, it might be inspirational to you. Yeah. And, you know, and it, can be, and it can be very well written. But if it, it um, doesn't actually kind of uh, contain some kind of catharsis and then allow the, us to to uh, feel like uh, we're, we're learning uh, how, how to deal with the situation in a positive kind of sort of way, yeah. then, uh, then it's a bit difficult for us to accept because we want people to read the, the, the things and can come away feeling happier than when they first uh, started reading the journey. Absolutely. Um, uh, just one more question about the submissions process, and mm -hmm. that is, do you accept simultaneous submissions? I know a lot of people usually want to know that kind of thing. Yes. We, we do. do. As long as the poet has the right to republish, because mm -hmm. the magazine don't allow it. As long as they have the 
agreement, but we cannot, uh, we don't have time to check. So you have to make sure that you have the right to republish. Otherwise it's your fault. If there's issue, we're not responsible for what you're submitting. So we essentially do sort of like two things there. So we allow some simultaneous submissions so people could submit elsewhere. But of course, you've got to, if if we accept it, then they've got to let the the other place know because I can guarantee that most uh, or if you know virtually all of them, there's very very few poetry journals that, that do like uh, simultaneous submissions, yeah. and and they want to be notified if if, if um, they are published somewhere else. But what we allow as well is that if someone's published a poem, uh, say a couple of years ago somewhere, mm -hmm. then providing the rights to come back to them, then we will publish that as well. So that's not a simultaneous submission, but we will allow um previous uh, ones um you know that have been previously published elsewhere and we'll give them a fresh uh, light you know providing that they are inspirational in nature mm -hmm. that's great news <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people are going to be really happy to hear that actually and, and actually one of the the issues we've met as poets you know most of the time we've already published our stuff and then you know those magazines say no we don't want it so it's it's nice to have the option as well because we understand how frustrating it, it can be to come up with a new piece all the time to submit to all those magazines yeah. so yeah. we are we're trying to be open to that yeah yeah that's excellent. That's really great. Did you encounter any like obstacles as you were trying to start this journal? Because I, when I was in college, I took a class about mm -hmm. starting literary journals. And of course, it can be complex, but it really depends on what you're doing. Now, I didn't know anything about self-publishing or putting anything out myself at the time. It was just the design aspect. And we weren't in like working in teams. We were just doing it by ourselves. So of course, it's very nice to have like a partner, somebody mm -hmm. that you can work with instead. Uh, but even down to, you know, the basics of who exactly would you accept or decline or would you ask for rewrites or anything like that? Did you find any like obstacles or did you have a pretty solid idea going in what you wanted to do? I guess we had a solid idea because we talk a lot. <laughs> we have a very transparent, uh, transparent conversations and, and we share pretty much everything about the journal, but uh, we haven't really met difficulties per se, except yeah. a few critics, but that uh, comes with it. I've actually just thought of a, a, a kind of a obstacle that we do have at the moment, but uh, off the top of my head, but only because um, we're, we're looking to try and submit uh, our journal to platforms because we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, yeah. um, get to bigger audience. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when you mentioned obstacles, I just suddenly remember, I just thought, uh, well, ultimately with that, what we're having to do is be very patient because some of the platforms won't let you um, yeah. put your journal on there unless you've got either two copies of the um, or two issues uh, published or you've got to wait six months after the first issue. So we're playing a waiting game. And I think that's one of the biggest obstacles I've kind of sort of found in terms of yeah. uh, how do we increase our audience? We want to uh, go uh, fish where the fish uh, are. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, ultimately um, we want to allow people to, um, to, to submit to us. So we want to, we want to find the people that are going to be interested in submitting. And the best place would be like these really big platforms. I think there's like Geotrope and some mm -hmm. of these other ones where that constantly have submissions of short stories mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and poems. Um, but ultimately, so we've just got to play a waiting game and we already got the first issue out. So we know that six months later we can uh, list on one, one mm -hmm. of the particular platforms. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of others that once we get the second issue out, well, I think we're well uh, on target to get the second issue out at the end of this year, you know, start of next year, I think. Mm -hmm. we're, and once we do that, I think we can increase our readership uh, that way because uh, we chase after people on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. And Twitter's really, really good. I think Centrine's interacting very well yep. with people uh, to try and uh, get them to get the word out. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's probably one of the biggest obstacles that I think we found, you know, because uh, we've got all of our other brilliant ideas in there that have got solid foundations. You know, the website's very professional. Everything's very professional about what we do. 
and mm -hmm. um, that's the only kind of sort of sticking point at the moment really we're trying to navigate our way through mm -hmm. the, the, the difficulty in this day and age is that everyone's attention attention is taken by something people have very short attention spans so you're going to talk to them online say are you interested in, in in submitting to us oh yeah yeah i'll do it i'll do it and then they forget we have to remind them all the time to submit and submit it's not that they don't want to but they just are so busy with other things that we found ourselves having to repeat sometimes five six times to tell the same person five six times you know submit submit and they finally do it uh but uh yeah no apart from that those big platform that we need it's 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 part of the game because there are so many journals out there there's a lot of competition and and people can be leery of new journals as well because they now we have one issue it's easy for people to know uh, people are more confident they are more trusting of what we do because they've seen us in action it was harder at the beginning because they didn't know us so they didn't know what they would get mm. they submitted so we're very 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 grateful for people like you christy for example who uh who came on board with us so we're very happy to feature you as well so it's um it's it's a waiting game really it's it's you have to build you have to see the big picture and see a what do we want to be in maybe three four or five years because with the internet it's not because their social media things are going to go fast because people are so busy with other things so it's it's there's a lot of competition but we we're very happy about what we're getting right now because we're we're starting it's slow but we're starting to get uh, some very nice traction that's great. And I know, like you were saying, some people can be gun shy sometimes. I know that there are lots of journals that start up, they have one issue, and then they're gone, yeah. you know, and that that's really unfortunate. And it's, you know, when you, you have something in one of those journals, you're sort of like, I want to list this as something I've been in, but it doesn't exist anymore. I'm not sure what to do with it. You know, that's very frustrating. So, you know, I know that you guys are going to continue and that's oh, yeah. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really happy to hear that. We're stubborn. We want to be in it for the long haul. So. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's like everything else. You have to have a plan. A lot of a journal is like a business. You have to think as a business. So mm -hmm. what is your plan? What is your strategy? What are you willing to do? Are you flexible? Are you testing new ideas? David and I talk all the time. We test new ideas. What works, works. What doesn't, doesn't work. We give it some time every single time. And what doesn't work, we get rid of it and we try something else. And that's what I love about working with David because we're both very flexible. We understand what needs to be done and we don't waste time with things that don't work. So we get rid of things that don't work. So it's, it's really nice to work with a partner like David for that particular reason because he understands how to, to create and build a business for the long run, so. Thank you very much. <laughs> Please, Mitchell. That's one of the beauties of having a, a small business kind of model is that you can be so flexible and yeah. uh, it's yeah. really tough when you're in any kind, anything that's bigger. Um, you have to have meetings and meetings and everyone has to agree. Yeah. It gets uh, yeah. after a while. We don't have to have a committee. We just bounce ideas off of each other and then just go, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it right now. <laughs> Much nicer. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you each actually about your own uh, creative pursuits. And David, I know that you have at least... I think it's three poetry books out there now. Maybe yeah, yeah, four, but right. I think it's three. I have two of them and I love them. I have to leave reviews, but I do love them. <laughs> and I wondered, um, since you have your own poetry already out there, um, like how did 
how did any of that play a part in you helping to start being a co-founder of Auroras and Blossoms? Because obviously you love poetry, but it's not, not all of it is exactly what you might put into this, you know, um, journal. Yeah. So I just yeah. wondered. I think it's because uh, when I when I first started out, I had uh, a lot of different uh, poetry types I was experimenting with. So my first uh, debut collection is quite uh, experimental in, in in some aspects, and I I kind of uh, people thought because it's called life, sex, and death, they thought those were the categories. Um, but it's just simply playing words because I'm LSD, uh, you know, David Ellis LSD, and then the L, the S, and the D. So uh, and some people literally just thought the life section is a bit short, and I'm just like, yeah, but it was never that. It's just meant to be a kind of sort of that's a state of mind in relation to how we live our lives. It's life, sex, and death. You know, you marry someone, you have kids, and then that's it. Then you, then you die. Yeah. um and uh you know you've got life in between um but um ultimately uh so i had three categories there i had uh inspirational uh love and romance and philosophical and um so so they kind of fit nicely into those sort of categories and i found that when i then wrote another load of poetry uh, i kept coming back to the same things of well i like writing inspirational poetry and uh, I kind of dropped the philosophical kind of sort of angle, even though there's a lot of philosophy in my in my uh, poetry, and and it became more kind of about love and romance as well. So those were the two kind of sort of key areas that I focused on in the second collection. And um, it didn't matter how I was trying to apply my thing. I mean, I recently wrote a, po a series of poems based on Edgar Allan Poe. It was uh, found poetry, and I uh, called it see, see a Dream Within uh, Found Poetry, but uh, based on Edgar Allan Poe's uh, poetic works. And all of the ones in there, um, the words that I was picking out, they were still coming out as inspirational. Um, I just find that that's my very nature of my poetry. And um, that's why I guess we kind of evolved into uh, the Auroras and Blossoms, because uh, I, as much as I try to sort of shy away from it, that's the kind of sort of poetry that I like to write, that I like to promote mm -hmm. with people. And um, and that's what probably drew me to Sendring's work as well, because whenever I've been interviewing people, it's, I've come across people uh, and and usually I've kind of been reading up on their poetry. I, I found them and then I approach them and say, do you want to uh, have, have an author interview with me? And um, it's got so much to the point where, um, you know, I just, as I say, I can't uh, avoid um, you know, br bringing the inspirational side into whatever I do. I've always been kind of like a promoter of people's work as well. So ultimately, um, I like to be inspirational to others. Mm. And uh, I think that's why, uh, you know, for me, it's kind of like, well, let's do something that uh, involves other people and then uses their inspirational words to inspire um, others. And and I guess that's how I've kind of um, lived my life or at least lived my literary life. You know, I only started writing or writing and publishing books in 2000. 16 so i've not been uh, publishing for very long but i have been writing poetry for years before and it's just that's when i decided to take the plunge and um but but as i say you know it's just for me it's i just can't just cannot get away from uh, being an inspirational person uh, to others and a lot of people tell me that that i am because of uh, how much i like to try and promote uh, artists mm -hmm. and authors and uh, and photographers and musicians and anybody involved in in the artistic sort of world Absolutely. I can agree with that 100%. <laughs> I find you very inspirational as well. And I, I really enjoy your poetry um, on different levels, actually. So yeah. um, I wondered for Sandrine, um, you've written you've written plays, you've written poetry, you're multilingual, you've written nonfiction, you're a photographer. How does all of this play into uh, Auroras and Blossoms or into your just your creativity in general? I don't know. <laughs> I can't really, but I, I know I've always wanted to create a poetry journal. Mm -hmm. I've been writing, uh, I've had a, a long career as a writer, uh, based on my life, almost half my life. And uh, I've, I've, I've always wanted to create a poetry journal. 
I know I wanted it to be uplifting. I wanted it to be uh, positive, like David, uh, because all my writing, uh, especially my writing, my poetry has to do about trying to uplift people. Um, I share poems about what I learn about life. That's what I do with my poetry. And that's always uh, worked into what I do. Uh, and, and as a photographer, I approach photography as a poet. Anything I do, I approach as a poet. The play I wrote uh, in The Silence of Words tackles very, very difficult topics, but in a way that what's the lesson in it? And it there is poetry in it, in the play as well. So everything I've done in my career has been linked to poetry in some way. Um, and I think my meeting with David triggered it, my desire really to say, I was ready when we chatted that night. I remember it was in January, we were chatting and I say, we were kind of frustrated about a few things. I said, hey, let's create our own journal. And he's like, oh yeah, I've wanted to do that too. So let's do it. And, and I don't remember how long we chatted that night, David, but I think in three hours, That's we had easy. outlined the what we wanted to do with the magazine so it was like it was a meeting of of spirits mm. we were waiting Kindred to spirits, meet. Yeah. and it was really interesting how it like within a week we had highlighted everything we needed to do for the magazine i think we had come with a name of the magazine and had created the logo and it was like it was way it was like we were meant to meet to mm. be business partners it sounds like it it really yeah. sounds like it <laughs> Well, that's also because when we were saying about how uh, elitist the other poetry journals were, I think we had tried to submit, I've tried to submit to, to them before, yeah. and there's a horrible statistic about some of them, I think, uh, only accepting less than 1% of what they get, but then they do get a lot of submissions. You know, let's, let's be clear, you know, they do do that. But at the same time, if you've only got less than 1% chance of being accepted, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what we were saying. We were just saying, well, if we can't beat them, why don't we join yeah. them and why don't we make our own journal? But we wanted to be positive as well and say, look, we, we will accept a lot of people across a broad range of subjects, but there's still going to be some criteria there. And our specialization is the inspirational side, but we're very flexible in, uh, you know, how, how people give that to us. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you see uh, the journal going like in the future? Are you just going to keep innovating or you know, that's what I see you doing anyway? You have ideas already? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We, we, we go with the flow. We know where we want to, we want to be. Mm -hmm. We try new ideas. We're always trying, discussing new ideas. We're very open, as we mentioned before. But I think we're there in the long run. We we're not going anywhere. Uh, as many, we might uh, we might release more issues based on the number of submissions that we have. We have because we want to have limited space at the same time because if we do too much it's going to be too much reading for people they may not like it so uh we want to be selective in that sense uh we may release more uh, issues during the year if we can but uh we definitely here uh for the long haul that's that's for sure excellent so start submitting everyone yep. <laughs> Come on, let's go. go ahead bring it on there and the reason that we know we're going to uh, be here for the long haul is because we've got our own separate projects as well. So Sendrine's still working on a series of hers. Uh, I've uh, got uh, a passion for found poetry. So I, I said I did that thing based on Edgar Allan Poe. I've got something based in the pipeline on William Shakespeare. But I've actually got another mm. 80 or so poems that I've written uh, based around famous poems. And I feel like I could keep going with that. You know, I feel like I've got infinite inspiration uh, with the found poetry angle. So I feel like we're going to keep releasing books yep. very, very frequently. 
and um, that's how we can be around uh, uh, forever because we're going to be producing our own books, um, but at the same time still uh, producing um, auroras and blossoms uh, ind indefinitely, you know, and, and um, you know, and seeing how we can evolve it uh, for the future uh, as well. So that's why we offered the uh, essays, the poetry essays as well, mm -hmm. as, as a means to say, look, it's not just all about uh, poetry um, itself. You know, you can write about poetry as well. So. Mm -hmm. And it's good to be different too, to have a unique journal where as many people as possible can be and can be featured so that they feel like they can actually write poetry and be recognized for it because people, as we said, people are so scared of poetry. It's good to show that there's a place out there where people who may not have the confidence to submit everywhere can gain that kind of confidence and say, yeah, I'm an artist too. I have my voice. I can be heard too. So that's important to that kind of, of space for yeah, so uh, I think, people who are me too. Because I think with literary journals, a lot of them will look at your previous experience and say, yeah. well, if you haven't been published elsewhere, then we're not going to consider you. Or yeah. uh, if you're not X age because you've got uh, these experiences, then they'll just reject it, I think, out of hand. Yeah. And uh, and that's why I feel like it's so important to be able to sort of say, well, like, if you don't have that, um, I mean, my books don't have that. I won an award for my debut uh, poetry collection, uh, but it didn't really kind of grease that many wheels in terms mm -hmm. of uh, sales. Um, it was a reader's favourite, um, but ultimately, um, you know, um, I, I feel like a lot of people uh, judge you based on how many journals mm -hmm. you've been published in previously, mm -hmm. and uh, we, we don't have that because we haven't been successful enough to, to get there, and that's why we're just thinking we want to give more the opportunity to give people those publishing credits and say, look, we're not uh, judging you based on uh, wow. what you've done in the past, we're judging uh, you based on how the quality of your poetry. Mm -hmm. That's such a nice change. Uh, I'm, I really Hopefully. love that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I look forward to also submitting again in the future. I'm thrilled to be Absolutely. in the first issue. And, you know, for anyone who's interested, the link is, of course, in the post. It's also in the comments. So make sure that you click the link and check them out and submit your poetry. So thank you so much for staying a little bit late. And thank you both, Sandrine and David, so much for being here. So let's go one by one. And maybe each of you could tell us where we can find you and if you have any particular book or anything you'd like to talk about uh let's start with you david yep so uh, as i mentioned in the uh, interview earlier on uh, my latest book is uh, a book of found poetry based on the entire poetic uh, works of edgar Allan poe it's called see a dream within found poetry um by the collective works of edgar Allan poe uh, i wanted to get that into the title uh, uh you know so because <laughs> you can't actually put them in the keywords uh, so i put it in the actual sort of title that's edgar Allan poe um, but I also have a, uh, another poetry collection that I um, published in July. Uh, I think it's June or July of this year. Uh, it's kind of got obscured because uh, I tried to get the Edgar Allan Poe one out for Halloween. Uh, so that's my second collection because my debut was out in uh, 2016. I've got a short story collection as well, but my website is uh, com. And I've got author interviews there, writer resources, all manner of things uh, there that are worth checking out, along with some examples of my poetry and a link to my books as well. So. Fabulous. Thank you. And actually, I have to throw in a question in between, if you guys don't mind, because it's about the journal. So um, Mike Feria is asking, uh, are a majority of your submissions from the UK? Nope. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, no. I'm in Canada, Mike. I'm in Canada. So we get a lot of submissions from all over the place. UK, of course, the UK. Uh, I got a few from Canada uh, and we got a few from the US as well. The three main countries are Canada, UK, uh, the UK and the US. 
Perfect. Thank you. And Sandrine, tell us where we can find you afterwards as well. Okay. So you can find me everywhere. I I stalk the internet. That's what I used to say when I worked in social media. So people can just, I know it's hard for people to figure out my name. So I guess my name appears right when they look at the screen. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you can just enter my name in Google and you will see my website. Uh, so it's very easy to find me. And I'm Sandrine Media. Uh, it's, otherwise, it's sandrinemedia.com. That's all there is to it. Uh, and I, uh, I'm close to releasing the third volume in my uh, walks, a collection of haiku series, uh, which I started a long time ago because I've been writing and studying haiku in a, for years. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a way for me to pay homage to my favorite poetry form in the world, which is haiku, um, and um, which is a fantastic poetry form to express yourself in the way that gives so much to the reader. Because a good haiku, as you know, Christy, is, uh, requires several readings to actually be understood fully. So that's why I love haiku so much. So that's basically uh, what I've been up to. I have a question for Sandrine. Uh, also, you have a new format of haiku that you came up with. I don't think we've actually discussed that in the, the interview. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so the Sisku, yeah, the Sisku, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a poetry form. It's six word uh, poetry form based on the haiku. Uh, basically. So it follows a little bit the haiku and uh, there's a little bit different. Uh, it's a little bit different. So if one, if people want to know more about it, uh, they can go to my blog. Uh, my blog is creativeramblings.com and look for the Cisco. Actually, it's actually uh, spelt Six coup, but I pronounce it Cisco because I'm French and I like to be different. <laughs> and they can look for it and see examples of what I'm talking about. But the, the rule is basically it's a three line poem, uh, six words maximum. Instead of counting in syllables, you count in words. Mm. And it's the first line is one idea. Uh, the second line is a second idea, and the third line is a twist. So it's a little bit like the haiku, except that the traditional haiku, you can only use the present tense. In the sisku, you can use the past tense. Uh, and it has, the sisku has to be based on a photo. So it's a little bit different. So it ties into what I do as a photographer and as a poet. That's really cool. I'm glad you brought that up, David. I meant to ask, actually. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Writer's Showcase. And this has been a copyrighted podcast owned by the authors on the Air Global Radio Network and Creative Edge Marketing. And watch out because we have some cool stuff coming up on November 12th. Watch out for our pre-recorded interview, which is with uh, Amazon number one best-selling author Joseph Bedell. And um, November 12th is actually the launch date for his latest novel, which is called Justice. And it's the third book in the Curtis Chronicles. And then on November 18th, we're going to have another live interview that will be at 7 p.m. Eastern time with crime thriller novelist Dwayne Clayton. Like I said, that one's going to be live. We are planning another panel, by the way, and that one is going to feature Bruce Olaf Solheim and the creative team around the comic book snark and that releases this month so we'll be doing that toward the end of the month make sure you check out our facebook page for updates and we will see you in the next episode thank you very much thank bye bye everyone much. bye bye